what is the sudo command, what is the root user, and how do Unix-like systems, like for example Linux, work in general, and most importantly, how can this be related to the faith. This and more you will learn in today's episode. I'm Josua Göcking and you're listening to the English version of the Sci Faith Podcast. The creation always reflects on the creator. This is a chapter in my book in which I describe how the creation always reflects back to the creator and how principles and laws of nature can be, uh, f uh, uh, in, in these laws you can find reflections in the creator, you can find characteristic traits of the creator that are reflected in these uh, laws and principles of nature. The most obvious example for this are the three states of matter or the three states that matter can exist in solid, liquid or gaseous. These, uh, these can be seen as reflections on the Trinity of God. So you can see for each uh, state you can have one personification of the Trinity of God and this is a reflection of the Trinity of God in nature. In my book, in my book, I discuss this in and many more phenomena from physics, uh, and these can all be related to these characteristics of God. However, not only in nature can we find such characteristics of God or principles of the supernatural world, but also in systems that are created by man, we can find such reflections. This makes sense since uh, man as a creation of God does also reflect his characteristics. Furthermore, the Bible tells us that man is created in the image of God, hence we can expect the reflections of his being to be the most apparent here. However, one needs to keep in mind that according to the Bible, we live in a fallen nature and therefore without salvation, there are also traits in man that are no reflections of the Creator as anyone can imagine. In this episode, I want to show you how the setup of Unix-like systems, like for example Linux or MacOS, can be understood as a reflection of the power that is in the name of Jesus. In the late 60s, Unix was de developed as one of the first operating systems by Bell Labs. Although the system is not in use anymore, many of the current operating systems are based on them, like for example Linux or MacOS. In the early times they were only operated on using the command line. It was only later that the graphical user interfaces we know today were created. While on a graphical user interface, one uses the mouse to click through the individual folders and uses keystrokes or the context clip to open, copy and delete files, the command line, on the command line one does this by typing in commands. For, examples, for example, by using the cd command, one can change from one directory to another. Further frequently used commands are the cp, copy, mv, move, and rm remove command. So with those you can copy, move and remove files and there, as you can see with these you can uh, and many the others command that 
are uh, available there you can do basically everything that you can do on a on a you can do basically everything that you can do on a graphical user interface and in some cases even more this is why many who have become familiar with the command line prefer using it instead of the graphical user interface in the following, when we talk about executing commands, I mean ex exactly executing such commands that you execute on the command line. One of the strengths of Unix-like systems is that they by design have a write system already implemented. First of all, there is a, a root user that is able to read and write on all files. That is, he has unrestricted access. However, this is not without dangers. Usually the users of a computer have no complete comprehension of what each file is for. Therefore, inadvertently, files might get deleted uh, that are critical for the system to work. An inexperienced user can hence do a lot of harm to the system. But also experienced developers can fall into that trap. I learned that in my first job where I had root access to some servers and where I sometimes messed, messed things up a little bit, so luckily uh, never something severe happened, but one ha needs to be careful. To solve this problem, an additional user was introduced. This user only has restricted access to the system. Each of these users has an own home directory, and in this directory, this uh, new user has unrestricted access. That is, he can read and write uh, files in this uh, directory. However, to the system data, he has no, uh, no write access and only read access. That means he can read the files, he can look at them, but he cannot edit or even delete them. This seems to solve the problem, however, now a new problem arises. Because now, uh, every now and then, it will be necessary for the user to have access to the system data. For example, if something needs to be installed. In such a, uh, if, if such a regular user tries to install software which requires access to the system data, he will receive an, a message that depending on the operating system will state something like permission denied. With the sudo command, a very smart solution for this problem was found. With the sudo command, one can execute a command using the rights of another user usually the, the root user, so the user who has all the access rights. However, this command can only be used by users who are either directly named in the sudoers file or who belong to a group mentioned in there. So the sudoers file is a file that is uh, placed in, in a place in the system and uh, in this file the, the users are named or the groups are named that can use this sudo command. And groups, uh, it, it, if, if there's a group in the sudoers file, then every member of this group can use this sudo command. When encountering a command which requires access that only the root user has, one can therefore use the sudo command. This is done by writing the term sudo in front of the rest of the command. Usually one needs to enter uh, one's password afterwards. This is to make certain that the command is actually executed by the respective user. 
After, ensuring, uh, after entering the correct password, the command will be executed successfully. For the system, it is like root would execute this command and since root has unrestricted access, the execution will be successful. To install new software on, let's say, a Linux system using the command line, the user will need root rights to do that. That is access to the directories that only root has access to are needed. The install command uh, for Linux systems is most uh, is apt-get install and then the name of the software package you wish to install. This uh, uh, command hence needs to be executed using the sudo command unless one acts as root. So if a normal user tries to in install a package, he needs to use this sudo command to in install uh, to make the command for installation run successful. If he does not do so, he will get an error which basically states as said before that the permission was denied. In some cases, the system even acknowledges that uh, the user is not root and states this fact and uh, tells, uh, and, and there the user can immediately see what a problem is. But this is not always the case. If one puts the sudo command in front of this apt-get install command, then it will run, uh, run through successfully, given that the user is in fact part of the sudoers file. Since not all systems have this property that they, if one does not use uh, the sudo command directly, uh, uh, tell you that you need to do that and only uh, print out a, a message which, which states that the permission was denied, many ex inexperienced users oftentimes give up after such a, mes uh, such a message since they do not know about the sudo command, even though they would be authorized to use it. So I hope you uh, could understand what a sudo command is and how it works and why it has been introduced and how the whole, uh, I hope you got an overview about how this whole uh, operating system like Unix uh, works. And I want to, now I want to summarize the most important point about this sudo command and then we can continue and look how this can be related to faith. So the sudo command is only available to those who are part of the sudoers file. So this is one important point. The sudo, sudo command can only be executed by, by those who are in this sudoers group. If one, uh, if one is not in this group and tries to execute it, it just won't work. With the sudo command, uh, with the sudo command, the command is executed as root. While it's a user with a restricted access that types the command, it is executed as from a user without restrictions, meaning the root user. So this is the second important point. If one uses the sudo command, the root user will execute it a, 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 or it will be executed as if the root user would execute it. And the third point is many inexperienced users don't know what that they can use the sudo command and think they lack access when trying to execute a command that requires root rights. Indeed, that's true. However, with the sudo command, there's a functionality with which they could work around this problem if they knew about it.
So I believe the pseudo command is a beautiful reflection of the power that is in the name of Jesus. In the Gospels, Jesus commissions his disciples to carry the gospel to the ends of the earth. Furthermore, he promises that they will pray for the sick in his name and they will be well. Uh, for example, you can see this in Mark 16, for verses 15 to 20. In the book of Acts, the apostles immediately act on it and indeed in the name of Jesus the sick are healed. Already then some unbelievers observed this. They tried to imitate this and tried to drive out demons in the name of Jesus. However, it didn't work as it can be seen in Acts 19 verses 13 to 16. This is due to the fact that one has to be born again, as Jesus says, to acquire this right. This, this you can be seen in John 3 verse 3. Today many Christians have received this new birth but still do not experience the same miracles as the apostles did. The reasons for this is that they are not aware of the power that is in the name of Jesus and hence try it in their own abilities, which does not work. As one can see, this behaves this, uh, the same as with the pseudo-command. While the pseudo-command is only open to those who are part of the pseudoers file, speaking in the name of Jesus is only possible for those who are born again, that is, those who have accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. The pseudo-command is typed by the user but executed by a root. In the same way, if a believer speaks in the name of Jesus, it's the believer who speaks the word, but it's the Lord who executes it. This makes it possible to do, as Jesus himself said, the same things that he has done and even greater things as these. For this you can see uh, John 14 verse 12. Because in the end it is he who executes the command and therefore he who works the miracle. Furthermore, Christians, or many Christians are not aware of this power in the name of Jesus and soon encounter their limits using their own strength. This is comparable to the inexperienced user that has not yet learned about the pseudo-command and therefore, although in principle able to use it, does not do so. However, in contrast to the pseudo-command, the name of Jesus is not simply a formula that is spoken like a magical spell. It, is, it also needs the faith in Jesus and the power that is in, in his name. With this I want to encourage every believer to become aware of the power that is in the name of Jesus and apply it led by the Holy Spirit in your everyday life. You will realize that many things will become, become easier and problems that seemed unsolvable using your own strength will disintegrate into thin air. If you aren't a believer yet, I want to encourage you to learn more about the power that is in the name of Jesus. Through his salvation, this power has become accessible to you and you only need to accept it. And this in his name is the power to break every chain and I pray that you will experience this also.
This concludes today's episode about the topic of the pseudo command and its relation to the name of Jesus. I hope you were encouraged by this and you got some insights about the topic of software development and the, how the pseudo commands works there and also uh, about uh, about the name of Jesus, how, how this works and how these things can work together. I think it's a really beautiful reflection on how the name of Jesus works and how it can be applied and I always if I think about it I marvel at how how close the the relation to these two topics is or, or how close the overlap is if you uh, see it as a, a, a metaphor for how the name of Jesus works and I think that's really fascinating I hope I could uh, I could fascinate you also about this and make you and encourage you to explore the topic of the of the speaking in the name of Jesus even deeper and I hope you got encouraged by this podcast and you can also check out my other content you will find it on my website sci-safe.de slash en for the English content Or you just go to sci-faith.de and then you uh, click the link to get to the English version. And you can also read my, my blog there. There are two blog posts right now. One about the pseudo command and one about if God can lift a uh, create a stone that he cannot lift. This is also has also been the, the previous podcast episode. You can So you can listen to that if you are interested. And you can also check out my other content. You can read about me. You can find my uh, social media in there. And you can also go to the contact form and contact me about any questions you have, anything you would like to have covered in this podcast or you would like me to talk about. And also you can find more information about my book there. Right now my book uh, unfortunately only exists in German, but uh, you can find out more uh, about what this book is about. And if you are fluent in German or if you can read German, you can also order it and uh, read it in, in the German language. And if you have any questions or things you want to ask me just feel free to uh, fill out a contact form and there you can also get updates about the things that are happening at Sai uh, Faith. In the next podcast episode we will give another example of a reflection in nature that reflects back on the creator and we will talk about the law of conservation of energy and how this can be seen uh, as a reflection back on, uh, on the faith. I'm really excited about this new episode and it, I'm sure it will be fun to, to record it and to listen to it. Until then, have a great time. God bless.